child prays for peace on earth and she's calling out from the sea of earth oh God oh God Emmanuel and can you hear the angels singing
Would you please stand as you are able and join with me in our call to worship as found in your bulletin. God reigns. Let the earth rejoice. God saves. May all humankind respond with joy. Give thanks to God's holy name. Praise God's goodness and loving kindness. We are called to prepare the way for others. We have good news to share with the world. A child comes as God's sign of peace. Glory to God in the highest. And would you remain standing and join together as we sing, O Come All Ye Faithful, 234 in your hymnal, and we'll sing verses 1, 3, 4, and 5.
Tonight is the night for which we have been waiting. The Advent wreath is completed with the Christ candle in the center. For unto us a child is given, unto us a Savior is born, and the world will be upon his shoulders. With the birth of Christ, our lives are centered, focused, and turned toward God. We light this candle because Christ is the center of our lives. Let's pray. Dear God, who comes to us in Jesus on this night as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, let the power of Christ come into our hearts that we might, that we might find peace with you forever. Amen.
Our first scripture is from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. Now let us sing, O Little Town of Bethlehem, verses 1 and 3, and it's 2.30 in your hymnal.
continuing in Luke 2 with verses 6 and 7. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Join me in singing verses 1 and 2 of Away in a Manger in the hymnals at number 217. Continue our reading from Luke, verses 8 through 12. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And now we'll sing the first verse of the first Noel, number 245. Continues in verses 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of a heavenly host, praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. I invite you to please stand as you are able and join in singing Angels We Have Heard on High. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 3. we continue with Luke 15 through 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, 
for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. Let us sing together, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, number 240. In just a moment, the ushers are going to be passing the offering plates. We're taking a special offering this evening, and I just want to let you know what this offering is for. We have at this church a uh, committee called the Benevolence Team and a fund called the Benevolence Fund. And uh, the reason for that is anytime that somebody in the neighborhood, anybody in the area comes to the church asking for help, they have an emergency situation that, that they need help paying a bill, uh, and they're asking the church for assistance. We use that benevolence fund to help meet those needs, and our benevolence team uh, works with those people. It's probably one of the hardest working teams in this church uh, to, to work with those people and, and to meet those, those uh, needs. Uh, about a month ago, or a little over a month ago, we discovered that we had met so many needs this year that our benevolence fund was actually completely drained. 
and uh, we were not able to, to meet any more of those needs. And so our offering for this evening is going to, to go to replenish that benevolence fund, build it back up so that we can start meeting those needs again as, as our witness to Jesus for this community. So uh, the ushers are going to come forward and pass the place, and I ask you to give generously. for a word of prayer. Gracious God, as we remember how those wise men so many years ago came to bringing their gifts to the Christ child to pay homage, so too we have brought our gifts this evening to pay homage to you, to recognize your greatness, your sovereignty over our lives. And we pray, Lord, that you will pour out your blessing on the gifts that we have given this evening. 
that they may be used to bring help, to bring comfort, to bring security, to bring hope, to bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who, who are in need so that they will know that you are a God of love and we are a congregation of care. We pray this in Jesus' name.
know, ever since I was a kid, gift-giving and, more particularly, gift-receiving have been a large part of Christmas for me. In fact, there are a few things that I look forward to more the entire year. I still haven't outgrown the excitement of wondering what I'll be getting for Christmas this year, seeing all the presents under the tree, wondering which ones are for me, what might be inside all of those beautiful wrappings. There's the excitement of the anticipation, and, and, and then the thrill of the surprise, sort of what Christmas is all about for me. It's for good reason that gift-giving is such an important expression of our Christmas celebration. After all, the wise men came bearing gifts to the baby Jesus. Jesus himself is the most precious gift of all, the perfect expression of God's love to us. Our generosity in our gifts to one another is a reflection of God's generosity to us in Jesus. But I think there may be even more of a connection than we sometimes realize between those Christmas presents that we give to our loved ones and the Christmas present, namely the birth of Christ. First of all, the wrappings. You know, all of that beautiful paper that, that we use to wrap up and, and decorate our gifts that we give to one another. It's so pretty and shiny, and it makes all the gifts look so exciting and enticing. One of the first things that happens at any gift exchange, at least any gift exchange that, that my family ever had, as soon as the first present is opened, you know what happens, don't you? Someone goes and gets an empty bag to stuff all of that wrapping, torn up paper, and that person is often me. I just can't stand to have the mess of all that ripped up and, and crumbled paper lying all over the floor and the furniture and everywhere. It was supposed to go beautiful and, and enticing, but now it's kind of lost its luster and its value. I'd just as soon get it out of the way. We quickly do away with the wrappings that, that were only moments ago so, so magnificent because now we've gotten to the real presence, which is underneath. Of course, if your family gatherings are anything like mine were when I was growing up, there, there's always that person who attempts to unwrap their gift so carefully without tearing the paper because it's, it's just so beautiful and, and you might want to enjoy that paper some more after the gift is opened. You might want to use it again. So you, so you spend five minutes opening up a package that each child could open in five seconds. If you are one of those people, let me just say, cut it out. You drive me crazy. I'll admit my frustration is primarily that I want it to get back to my turn as soon as possible. You're holding up the works. But there's also that issue of confusing the, the beautiful but momentary value of wrapping with the enduring significance of the gift that's on the inside. Few of us, though, would ever consider giving a Christmas present that wasn't wrapped in some way. There's some significance to the wrapping, or, or else why would we go through all of the trouble of wrapping all of those presents every year? Let me rephrase that. Why else would my wife go to all the trouble of wrapping up all those presents each year? Thank you, honey. matter all that much what the present is wrapped in, simply that the fact that it's wrapped in something. If you don't have enough wrapping paper, perhaps a gift bag or some decorative tissue paper will do. Short of that, there's always the brown paper packages tied up with strings. 
Something within us just won't let us give a present without some kind of wrapping that says, there's something special in here, and I want it to be a surprise, especially to me. And then there are those, those white elephant gift exchanges. I, I love those. You, you have all of those packages veiled underneath beautiful wrappings, and you have no way of knowing which ones are the real gems and which ones are just downright the element of surprise created by the external wrappings that, that make everything look equally desirable while disguising the true value of what's underneath. Luke tells us that Mary gave birth to Jesus and she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. So Jesus, too, was wrapped, wrapped up like a present, which is appropriate since Jesus is the one perfect Christmas gift that's ever been given. There are some other obvious comparisons besides the swaddling claws. The, the swaddling claws of, of the baby Jesus were inexpensive. They were disposable. The real significant gift is what was wrapped up on the inside. But the wrapping of the swaddling claws is not the wrapping that I want us to reflect on when it comes to the birth of Jesus. Rather, I'd like to reflect on the Incarnation. Incarnation is a, a fancy theological term that simply means God in human flesh. The second verse of the Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which we sang earlier this evening, contains the line, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. When Charles Wesley wrote that hymn, the, the word that he wrote, rather than veiled, was wrapped. Wrapped in flesh. The Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. God has wrapped himself in human flesh. Temporary, mortal, disposable human flesh. God took that and wrapped himself up in it and was born in that little baby of Bethlehem. I think the hymn, as it appears today with that word veiled instead of wrapped, is also appropriate. Isn't that what wrapping does? It veils whatever is underneath and within the wrappings. The thing that's so exciting about a wrapped-up Christmas present is the sheer surprise of not knowing what's inside. The real present is veiled from our sight. And that's what happens with the Incarnation. God himself is veiled in human flesh, so that only those who have been let in on the secret know what's inside. Mary and Joseph know what's inside. The shepherds know what's inside. The wise men know what's inside. To everybody else, this is just another baby born in an outback stable in a little town to a couple of insignificant people. But to those looking through the eyes of faith, they see through the wrappings, they see beyond the veil to the eternally enduring significance of this miraculous gift. I think something that, that gift exchanges help us to recapture about this holiday is that element of surprise. The birth narratives of Jesus are full of surprises. We can gloss over those surprises, and sometimes we miss them entirely because we are so familiar with the story. But think about it. Imagine the surprise that God himself, 
the eternal, the almighty, creator of all that exists, came into this world by wrapping himself in human flesh. And not just taking on human flesh, but being born as a tiny, helpless baby. And not just that he was born as a, as a human baby, but who he chose to be born to. Not to someone like Caesar Augustus, the most powerful, influential person of his day. Instead, God chose to be born to a poor, unknown, unwed teenage girl. If you had a message to deliver that was going to transform the world today, who would you deliver that message through? A popular celebrity, perhaps? Maybe a a social media influencer? How about a, a powerful world leader? Or would you choose a scared and destitute teenager living in a rickety shack in a war-torn corner of a third-world country with no means of permanent shelter or adequate health care, much less any form of mass communication? Think about who God chose. Isn't there something surprising about that? We think we know the way the world works. We, We try to find God in those centers of power and influence. But the Christmas story comes as a constant surprise that God chooses a different way. God chooses to become like us. Like us. To take on our weaknesses. To know absolute vulnerability. Who could be more vulnerable than an infant born to a poverty-stricken teenager without even the comforts of a house to break the cold of winter. And yet that is precisely where God chooses to be found. Those are precisely the wrappings that God chooses for this most precious gift. And that's not the only surprise of the story. Throughout the birth narratives, angels are, are appearing, and every time they appear... People are afraid. They're terrified. I I love the the cartoon Charlie Brown Christmas, and especially the part where Linus quotes from the King James Version of the Bible. And there were in that same country shepherds abiding in the flock, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. I love that. They were sore afraid. Each time the angels appear, they they begin by saying, fear not. And then they deliver the good news of of what's about to happen. How surprised, how shocked those shepherds must have been, simply living their lives, watching their flocks, going about their business, and all of a sudden God breaks into their reality and transforms it into something completely new. Those shepherds' lives would never be the same again again after that frightful visit from the angel and their visit to the manger to see the baby Jesus. Are our lives transformed when we hear the good news of the birth of our Savior? Oh, I know that after 2,000 years, some of the shock value has worn off. After all, you've you've likely heard this story a, a time or two before. How surprised can you be 
A virgin conceives, she bears a son, his name is Jesus, we worship him, and then we go home and wait for the real surprise to come the next morning when we find out what Santa left under the tree. But what ought to be surprising about this is not the fact of Jesus' birth or any of the details of the story. All of those familiar, familiar elements, those are simply the wrappings. The surprise of this gift is not that it's the baby Jesus wrapped up under all that, those swaddling cloths. The surprise of this gift is that it is God wrapped up inside all of that baby fat. The surprise is that God, the immortal, the invisible, the perfect, the unchanging, the creator of all that exists, has entered into our history, has taken on our weaknesses, and has given his very own life as a gift for us. God invaded the lives of Mary and Joseph with that annunciation of his impending birth and the salvation that it would bring. God broke into the lives of the shepherds and the wise men that first Christmas. God ripped open the, the heavens and shattered the divide between heaven and earth, becoming one of us so that he could be one with us. Wonderful and thrilling surprise of Christmas is that God continues to do that. God continues to to break into our lives. God continues to transform our reality. God continues to surprise and astound us with the gift of his presence and power. God is here tonight, right here, right now, in your life, in my life. What better gift could we ask for? What greater surprise? What more perfect expression of love and acceptance? The God who created the universe and all that is in it. The God who wrapped himself in human flesh as a gift of our salvation. That same God comes to us anew each moment. The gift of the baby Jesus is the gift of God himself. Given to each one of us. For us. And for our salvation this Christmas, may we look beyond the wrappings of Christmas, within the veil of that baby in the manger, to see the presence that is waiting inside. Let us pray. O oh God, on this most holy night, when we celebrate the birth of of your Son, Jesus, whom we know as our Lord and Savior, remind us that, that he is even more than that, that, that he is even more than what we could ever wrap our minds around, that he is you, wrapping yourself in our human flesh, coming to take on our human Experience, coming to share in our suffering and pain, coming ultimately to take our death upon yourself so that we might have everlasting life. Lord, we know that our celebrations are often shallow, that our gratitude could never be adequate enough to express how 
truly precious is that gift which you have offered to each one of us. Give us eyes to see your divine presence wrapped up within that baby in the manger. Give us hearts to receive your divine presence, often veiled from our sight, but here with us nonetheless. May we experience afresh this night the peace, the hope, the love, and the joy that are ours because of this holy birth, because of your most precious gift. All that we can do, God, is offer ourselves back to you in worship and in praise. And so that is what we do this night, and I pray it is what we continue to do in each moment of every day that is to come. In the name of that baby in the manger, the Christ child who is our Lord and Savior, we offer this prayer. Amen. As the uh, lights are turned off, you have... Uh, and insert your bulletin that has the words to Silent Night on it. I'd invite you to take that out and uh, take out your candles so that we can uh, sing by candlelight when we get the lights off here. We please stand as you're able.
John 1 tells us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. As the lights come back on, let us sing together, Joy to the World. It's in the hymnals number 246. We're going to sing verses 1, 2, and 4. Merry Christmas and see you back here on Sunday. <laughs> 